0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 3-1 home win at Villa Park, of course, against Crystal Palace on Saturday. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic weekend and you're hearing this bright and early on a Monday, a Tuesday, or whenever you are listening, it's always appreciated. Like I always say, I should do this more. And I do this probably once every three months. But of course, if you're new to listening to this podcast, of course, whether it's cast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know what? Subscribe, follow, leave a positive review. It's always appreciated. It just makes it easier for others to follow me. I've actually made notes this time. So maybe that's why cause I actually made note of that. But regardless of me having a lack of preparation for 90% of these podcasts, it's not just me here myself. We do have Mr. Simon O'Regan and downstairs, a barking dog. So I do apologize for that. But Simon, how's yeah. it going for you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I'm, ju- I'm just taken, a little bit taken aback to hear that, that you've made notes. That, that's not what we do on this, is it? <laughs> No, it's really not, but last night I was watching Match of the Day at like 11pm
0: here on my phone while everyone else is asleep, and I thought, you know what, I'm watching replays and really getting into this analysis, so why not take some of the credit that other people have put out, make them into some notes, and maybe it'll actually make sense for one. So let's see how far we get with this one, but anyways, like I said, of course, Aston Villa 3, Crystal Palace 1. Um, I mean, it was never in doubt, was it, Simon? It was always going to be 3-1, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was looking unlikely as the game was wearing on. I mean to be fair we probably should have been at least 3-0 up at half time if we're being brutally honest. Um yeah it was, it was one of those I kind of, when, when Watkins had the one, the, the shot off the post in the second half and it hits Johnson's head and bounces out for, for corner, at that stage, me and my brother turns to each other and we went, Oh God, we're not going to score today, are we? But little did we know This is a, this is a different Aston Villa. We've been saying it for a while under Emery. It's, it's not what we're used to, is it?
0: No, it's kind of it's kind of weird to actually see Villa come from behind in a game and actually thrive doing so. And I always felt like kind of well, I mean ever since really Palace scored, they were happy the whole game to give Villa possession. That was evident. And we've seen Villa under different management whether it's Dean Smith, the other guy in between or previous to that where we've had spells of possession but so slow and there's really no urgency and we're really not doing much with it and I mean, it, it's kind of harsh in my opinion for what I've seen on social media because, you know, everyone on social media makes sense and isn't reactionary. Um, I say that with uh, just a lot of humor in that and sarcasm. But to really say that we weren't clinical in moments, I mean, Maddie Cash could have had a couple. Zanolio could have had Zaniola. Sorry. I don't know why I always want to call him whatever I call him. But anyways, <laughs> he could have had an assist. We'll get into his performance a little bit later. Um uh, like Watkins hitting the post, like you suggested. I mean, there was opportunities. It just felt like it was not going to go in. And I always felt like the later was going on. It was going to take something special. And of course it was something special because Jean Duran turned into prime Ben hits it <laughs> on the half volley, literally sends Sam Johnston all the way back to the baggies.
1: Um It's, I mean, it was one hell of a goal, wasn't it? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, the he's kind of, he's he's obviously, he, he, it took a while for him to sort of settle in. I, I think he got like a bit of an injury last season as well. But his sort of goals to minutes ratio has been very impressive this season. And, and that goal was, was unbelievable. He kind of, he's almost had like an early sighter maybe 10 minutes before when I think Dougie knocked it down to him and he, he didn't quite catch it um, with his left foot on the edge of the area. But, but that goal, the the, the, the just pure composure with that goal. I mean, so many people at that stage may have sort of panicked and gone for goal straight away with their head from that position or maybe tried to nod it down. But to have the presence of mind to take the touch on the chest and it was a brilliant touch as well. But it was how quickly he hit the ball. Like that ball, it, it, it seemed like it, it hadn't... It, I mean, it, it did bounce and it was rising, but it almost seemed like it was that quick that he, he hit it before it didn't even bounce. And I think when you look at it, you know, the ball's... He's not flown off into the top corner. It's gone straight into the middle of the goal, basically. But I think he's just hit it that quickly with that much power that the keeper's got no chance. And yeah, you, like you said there, it's, it, it kind of reminds you of that Benteke goal. I think it was against Norwich a good few, a few years ago. And you kind of... Me and my brother, when we were chatting, um, even before he scored that goal, like we, we kind of like says, there's shades of Benteke and Duran that you can see, and you kind of, because he's so big and powerful as well, you, he's, oh, it's always easy to forget that he's still only nineteen. Like he's he's very very raw, very young, and you can see that he's raw. You know, there, there are mistakes that that he makes and, and things that he doesn't quite get, but. There's so much potential there. That goal was just such a great strike and really, really pleased for him because, you know, we obviously there's there's a lot of talk about should we have sold Cameron Archer, should we have got someone else in? And you know, that I, I do still think that we maybe have left ourselves a little bit light, but he's starting to show signs that okay, there is an alternative to Watkins now. You know, there is another we can put two of them up front, we can put him with Diabi playing off to him, like it's, there's, there's signs that there is another option for us and he'll probably get more game time in sort of the conference league games and Carabao Cup games, which will bring his developers on even more. So yeah, really pleased. But like you said as well, it was getting to the stage where we needed something special to get us back into that game. And you look at those chances missing that first half.
0: Well, it just kind of felt like typical Villa didn't. And of course, we're not going in any chronological order here because of course, Crystal Palace did score in the 47th minute, uh, Mateta. Um, a lot can be desired from that. Defensive lapses, lack of coverage. Emmy Martin is slipping. I mean, it was just kind of Villa of old summed up in one move, really. But really, Simon, when you look at that, it's, I want to give palace a little bit of credit because they clearly came with a game plan. Of course, Roy Hodgson wasn't there through illness. Of course. So hopefully he's feeling better soon. I I did see weird things on social media where apparently a couple of crystal palace outlets kind of broke that and people lost their minds about (laughs) them wishing him better health. I I don't don't know. That's just social media for you. Now you get jumped on for being nice, but regardless of that, they came with a game plan. It was clear and evident and it was working. But, I mean, once that goal goes in, like we said, we thought it needed something special in that game to really break through. But were you just getting kind of shades of Old Villa at that point? Did you did you think, oh, here we go again kind of thing? Or was it ever maybe – was there even a sliver in your mind thinking, okay, well, there's still something in this. We can, we can pull this one back because our record from pulling things back is not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because the first half we should have – the game – should have been wrapped up at half time really. Yeah. So we kind of like me like me and the lads we were chatting at half time, like going, there's not really an awful lot wrong with what we've done. You know, we just we've just not been clinical. So obviously when they score so early on in the in the second half, I, my immediate uh, theory, like thinking wasn't our you know, this typical old villa. I kind of thought, well, the game's not really going to change. They they've sat for draw from from kickoff, so they're not going to change the way they play. We're not going to change the way we play. So at that stage, you know, obviously you're frustrated going one or down but you're thinking, okay, we really do need to start making the most of these chances. But initially, I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, it'll be all right. The game's just going to go as, as it has been. But as that second half went on, I think Emery kind of referenced it as well. We kind of lost a bit of structure and you know, Palace then had maybe two really decent chances to, to try and finish that game off. I think I mean, Eze particularly has... Uh, there was the first one that he had where um I think he just took a heavy touch and Martinez came out and got to the ball. But there was one where I think Decore slipped and like, chips in through and he tried to lob it over Martinez. So they, they got more chances on the counter than they had in the first half. But we kind of... I don't know. It was, it, was, it was a weird one. The way the, the way the second half went on. Like at initially, when the the first subs were made, when Tienemans and Bailey were brought on, I didn't quite understand why that that's happened. I, I don't think for about ten fifteen minutes or so after those subs were made, it didn't to me. It didn't look like it was really working, and it looked like. We moved Diaby from a central position out to the wing. And I I kind of think that that didn't really suit him either. And we kind of, we lost our way a little bit. But what I did quite like as well, and I I was saying it um, to my brother afterwards that, and like I'll caveat this to saying that we're clearly not on the level of Man City. But when City, you say Man City are losing a game and there's 10 minutes to go, they don't change the way they play. They don't start just whacking it long and, you know, just pump, you know, aimless on balls trying to pepper the goal. They stick to how they play, building out slow controlled possession. And to be fair, we did do that and it it was frustrating at times because, you know, you're getting into the last ten minutes, you're one-nil down and you kind of it's that football fan instinct in you think, oh, just just get it up there, just just get it in the box. But I, I do quite like the fact that they actually did try and stay playing the way that Emmy wants us to play, and eventually, you know, we took that moment of magic from uh, from to, to obviously get the equaliser. But once that happened, we kind of it, it was like it, it clipped back into gear again, and it was like, okay, right, we, we we can smell blood, we know there's a win here, and then the way that we that we do play passing it out playing through the lines and you know it paid dividends in the ends but yeah it was there was like a 15 20 minute periods after they scored where it did kind of think oh god what's happening
0: <laughs> well i mean it would be typical villa to feel like that if we didn't feel like that'd be very odd but you are right in saying that i mean how many times have villa been trying to claw back in a game from as long for as far as i can remember of course you can remember that much longer with your long aging wisdom but regardless (laughs) of that um, I'm glad I clawed that back because I was going to screw it up even more but regardless Um, you you do sit back and you think okay what are we going to do from probably like 75 80 on and typically it would just be Swing into the box and maybe you get a glancing header, maybe one goes wide and you think that was the moment, but 90% of the other efforts are nothing or it doesn't even make it into the box and it's just frustrating. And I, I can kind of empathize with some people in terms of why it's frustrating to see us doing the same thing. Now, to get to the substitutions, it it is kind of... Hindsight is a beautiful thing, because as soon as Tillemans came on, I honestly, I thought he wasn't really that impressive for the first 10, 15 minutes, to be honest. A few wayward passes, looked kind of out of pace, looked like he really didn't fit into the system at that moment. But as football fans, what do we know? Because, of course out of those substitutions that were made, out of the four, of course, two of them end up scoring. So what do we really know, of course? Leon Bailey coming on the 57th minute, scoring the third goal. Tillman's coming on, of course. Replacing Kamara, I mean, let's talk about that for a minute, Simon. I mean, what did you make of that change in particular? I didn't think Kamara really had that great of a game, and I feel like he's kind of been going through a little bit of a, a slump lately. I, I don't know. It just He hasn't seemed to me... As tidy on the ball as he was last season, maybe he's still kind of getting into that form. It is early days this season, but kind of with that substitution, it is a major one to kind of make because he is a statement player in that midfield.
1: Yeah, he. I, I think. I, I, I think now it, it wasn't if that if that was a substitution that was made like at this stage last season, I would agree that I'd be. Quite surprised with it. I think now, if you've got a choice with Kamara or Louise to take off, you're not taking Douglas Louise off that pitch, are you? Like, exactly. And and I think I think Kamara it was he was an interesting position that he was playing yesterday. Because I, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but it, it looks like he kind of quite often was dropping back to almost make a back three with Matty Cash bombing forward. So it was a bit of a different different position for him, really. And I think. It's one of a player like Kamara against a team like Crystal Palace. The way they played yesterday, it's kind of it's going to be difficult for them to stand out as having a good game because they're not really going to have an awful lot to do in terms of what his strengths are. You know, breaking up play, uh, intercepting passes. Uh, you know, breaking up the opposition attacks. Because Palace just had zero interest in, in entering a, a half of the field for the majority of that game. So it was, and I think it, kind of Emery probably recognised that, which is why Cash was allowed to go forward so much and have Kamala sort of drop back in there. So, I, yeah, I kind of, I I get where you're coming from when you kind of say that you maybe you didn't think he had the best game, but I don't, it was one of those games where he's always going to struggle to stand out in a way. And I think once we went 1-0 down and you've got to make a positive change, for me, then it kind of made sense. If you're going to bring a midfielder off, you may as well bring the one who's who's going to, you know, he's basically been playing as a back three and bring Tiedemanns on. So you kind of, I agree with you. I, I don't think Tiedemanns had the greatest first 10, 15 minutes of that game. But I mean... You know, he he certainly made up for it with with uh, two key passes in stoppage time, didn't they? Well, it just kind of came out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> I kind of felt like this substitution kind of even initially slowed Villa's play down even more. Tillman's isn't known for pace, of course, and in that position, in that game, you're pinned in Palace's half, so it's not like you're running around frantically regardless, anyways. So, like even with that substitution, I do get it in hindsight. It does make sense. Yeah. You are right with Kamara too, of course. I think the thing with him that we didn't see yesterday is those splitting passes on the defensive line or anything like that. I think that's the one thing that was missing. And when you see Dougie Louise intercepting the ball in the odd kind of situation as well, that probably takes the limelight even further away from Kamara as well, but kind of moving on a little swiftly, I guess from that and making myself not look too wrong. Let's go to Pa Torres for a second, because I do think it's, Really unjustified for. I know he's basically been on the pitch for or caused. What am I trying to say here? Um, Some people want to say he's caused a goal every game, essentially, or something that has led to that from his side. I mean, yesterday, I guess you could make that evidence, but the fact that I can't remember the exact stat, but he basically had, I think, what was it, like half the amount of passes that the entire Crystal Palace team had yesterday. Like yeah. When your defender is doing that, Simon, you know he's doing a good job. I think for me, and let me know what you think, I just feel like we're not insulating him well enough. I, I think he just needs that protection. I don't really think Luka Dean provides that on the left. And at times, I still feel like we're trying to... I mean, of course, um when we're playing a different back three again from... The last game, too, that's going to throw him off as well. And that's not going to be a a fully cohesive backline, too. So becoming a two, with like we said, with Kamara kind of becoming a three at times. What did you make of his performance? And do you think there's anything in that? Or do you think it's maybe just him needing more time from a defensive perspective, coping with the Premier League? I
1: actually think uh, this. This May sound silly, but like the, the goal aside, I actually thought he had a, a really, really good game yesterday. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. like, I, I thought, like, not, not just with his, his passing, like, there was another stat where I saw he made more passes uh, into the uh, opposition final third yesterday than any player has in any Premier League game this season, which I was like mad when I read that. But, um, but not, not just from that point, I thought defensively and he he read the I thought he read the game really well, like made a lot of good interceptions um you know nicking the ball off people the The goal itself it was i've seen him get like a lot of criticism on online for it, and he did make a mistake for it, but so did Luca Dean so did Condon. so did martinez you know, there there those four players that, that were wrong exactly. with that Dean was way too high up the pitch. Torres does get turned too easily. Conce doesn't come across, and Martinez is unfortunately slipped. So you know, it, it, was a, it was a number of people who made the mistakes. I think, and look, we, we all know well, the, the players should know now that that Torres he he's not as physically, he's not as physically imposing as Mings, Conza, or Carlos. You know, that is an area of weakness in his game, and he's not as quick as them either. So you need to you need to accommodate for that and you're not saying that you have to like, massively protect someone, but every single player has strengths and every single player has weaknesses. And you've got to set up your team to, you know, accentuate the strengths and try and combat the weaknesses as much as you can. And I think I would suspect, I mean, obviously Luca Dean has had a good start to the season, but I would say that once you see Moreno, probably alongside Torres at left back, because he is so quick, that would maybe sort of make up for any sort of areas of, of weakness down that side of it, but um, I, I, I thought I had a, a pretty decent game. Like, I think what what fans have got to remember, and I think especially in the sort of the age we are in now, with social media, with everything being so reactionary and everything, is that people expect players to come in and, and hit the ground running and. You know, Moreno. When he, I remember when Moreno first came, first five six games. You go online after the game, and you'd have people go, "Oh, what we bought him for? What's the point in that?" You can see why it was only nine million. Like, just, just, do you know what I mean? Just constant yeah. shit like that. And players, some especially coming from a foreign league, sometimes I'll hit the ground running like DRB has done. Sometimes it could take six months. You know, I remember. Going back uh, a good old while, one Pablo Angel, when he joined Villa, it took him six, seven months before he really adapted. I remember Arsene Wenger years and years ago, once talking about um, like when you sign players from foreign leagues, that like it can take some players up to 12 months to adapt. I, I remember Dennis Bergkamp and Thierry Henry didn't hit the ground running straight away. Um, Leo Sane, when he joined Man City, took him about a year to adapt. Like, he, You've, he's come. Torres has come from a league where it's is nowhere near as physical. Like you know, in terms of the strikers that you come up against, there's going to be a, a period of adaptation, which has been he's kind of been thrust into it because of the Ming's injury as well. I'm I'm fairly sure had Ming's not got that injury, Pal Torres would not have started the amount of games that he started in the Premier League. He probably would have started definitely two uh, games against Hibs and maybe one or two Premier League games, but he's kind of been thrust into it and having to adapt a bit quicker. But as I say, I I thought he had a good game yesterday. Yeah, I did as well. I think it's, I mean,
0: when we're really going to probably appreciate his quality is probably in the Conference League when he makes more passes than the opposing team we're playing probably very soon. (laughs) I would not be shocked (laughs) to see that stat out there because it's probably going to happen. So we might as well speak that into existence now. I don't know, like like you said there, I feel like from a defensive standpoint, and I know we've always said this, but just in a world where Tyrone Mings doesn't get hurt, I don't think we concede some of these goals. I think that, of course, I don't think he plays as much, but even if he does and he is part of back three with, say, Konza Mings and then Paul Torres, whoever you want to work that one out, I think he's shielded a lot more because Mings brings those defensive qualities that we're currently missing on the left. I mean, yeah. the other thing, too, which is kind of funny, because we've probably beaten this like a, a, a dead horse at this point, but Luca Dean can't defend. His awareness <laughs> is, like, there was there was one instance, I think, in the second half, right after they scored, where they broke again. And, I mean, I, I think it was massively lucky. I can't remember who was putting in the low cross. But instead of, like, running at the player breaking down on the left, he, like, ran, like, 15 feet even like wider than he should have. Eventually, it hit him in the face and it went out for a corner or something like that. But I thought, like, <laughs> you are so lucky if you would have put that an inch higher. Like, it, it is terrifying. He gets an assist. So it, it pads the performance a little bit. But um, all I can say is, I cannot wait to see Alex Moreno back because I, I think we are. And I hope he's the same player when he does come back because I think we are massively missing something down the left. More consistency based. I mean, getting the odd assist or group of assists here or there is great for a left back. But um, if that's your main objective as a left back, it's a little terrifying at times. Cause I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to be discouraging towards Luca Dean,
1: but him playing Man City scares the hell out of me. (laughs) This is it. I I think it, it, it depends very much on your opposition. Like, to, to be fair, like the game yes, a team like Crystal Palace, who are going to sit in deep and not leave much space in behind, you're probably going to get more from Luca Dean than, than Moreno because Dean is very good at, um, you know, he's a very good cross of the ball, but very good like crossing from deep as well. Where if the team, you're playing a team that's just going to sit back and not leave much space, then your crossing angles are more likely coming in from from a deeper position, whereas against, you know, a Man City or a team that's at least got to come out and have a go at you, then Moreno is obviously clearly a much better option because of his pace and because of his ability getting in behind and taking people on. But I mean, I think, I, I agree with you, for me, if they both fit, Moreno starts, obviously, like I, I think he's, he he's so important to the way we want to play. But I do think there, there is a, there is a, a time and place for Luca Dean in certain games. Like you look at like when we play Tibbs, for example, especially like that first leg, and where, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna come up against poor teams like that in in the conference league. That that they're the games where you can maybe respirate and say to Luca Dean, God, just whip a few balls in against these <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now Simon, humor me for
0: a second, because I'm gonna throw this your way. Uh, Nicolo Zaniolo pronounced it right this time. Do you think he's a slightly less chaotic captain chaos than captain chaos himself? Cuz he does give <laughs> me those vibes, just like a a taller Italian <laughs> less chaotic captain chaos, but let me know your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I thought I thought he, he had a decent enough game yesterday. I I think I think in, in the first half, maybe I think there were times when he's just trying to impress a bit too much. Like, there's, there's some fancy little flicks that he does, which I don't mind in the opposition half. I wouldn't be doing them 20, 30 yards out from your own goal and hoping that Luca Dean's defensively aware enough to be in the <laughs> position to get on the, on the end of it. I'm not sure if I ever quite like that. But, you know, he, he, almost, he almost got himself the... One of the assists of the season with that little uh, turn on the wing, and when he laid off to Matty Cash, who who decided not to have a left foot. Um, but no, I thought Sonny had a, a decent enough guy. I, I, I think you know he's, he'll he'll do in the world of goods having lads, you know get get sixty minutes under his belt, and I think uh, you know he'll he'll now have uh, sixty minutes for Emery to sort of analyse and, and sort of talking through his performance, which which I think would be beneficial. Um, but yeah, I, I think he. Yeah, I get what you mean in terms of like a slightly less chaotic captain chaos. Like you, you look at him and, and you think he he could be quite fun to watch, but but could be infuriating. Maybe, but maybe not as infuriating as as the captain himself. For for our listeners, by the way, Captain Chaos is uh, Virgin Virgintariore.
0: Just in case no <laughs> one's ever caught on to that that we probably referenced that a million times but no you are right it's I, I thought he was very impressive I think a lot of people kind of jumped on his back when he didn't uh put Watkins or Diabe through but I also feel like from his perspective you can tell he wants to score he wants to get that off his back to show he can do that and then I, of course shortly after that then we did see him kind of open up but the people kind of then seeing him not Make these opportunities for other players, which again, he set up cash, but apparently Maddie cash left his, uh, shooting boots and his, uh, two goal performance, um, the other week. So it is what it is there. Um, I don't know. When you see the likes of Watkins and Diabi throwing their hands up in the air, I don't really read anything into it. It's frustration, but that's a yeah. good thing. If they weren't, I'd be even more concerned, but it, it really like when you sit back and you look at his performance, I, I don't think he can. He can't play in the conference league, can he, until the... No, no, he can, yeah. Oh, he can.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I wasn't sure if it was the knockout rounds or if it was just for the qualifiers, he couldn't. No, it was just those qualifiers, but no, he's he's available for the uh, for the group stage now. Where do you... Getting away from this game for just two seconds, where do you think he features more, Premier League or in the conference league? Because, to be honest, I feel <sighs> like he's probably going to be a starter in Poland.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd say probably initially those uh, Cup games with the Conference League and obviously we've got um, Everton in the Carabao Cup I think next in a couple of weeks something 10 days something like that so yeah I'd say yeah that he'll probably get a, a few starts in those games as well just to sort of ease him into to, to playing in the first 11 then. and then that that's sort of the springboards to, to keep his place in the Premier League team
0: yeah
1: it's I don't know it,
0: it is kind of weird to see well first of all an italian at villa park playing for villa i has there even ever been an italian that i can think of can you think of we've had a
1: yeah we we had i think we've only had three or four in the premier league or maybe like not even the premier league because one of them was we had galini oh yes for like four or five months and then we had um yeah i mean this is probably before your time. We had Benito Carboni online for a season back in 2000. <laughs> yeah, I was six. So to be honest, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was, that was, the, that wasn't the least of my, my concerns at that yeah. time in my life, but I can't believe I forgot Galini. Um, yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's easy to see why.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who, who do you think? I mean, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Who was a bigger flop, Galini or? Oh, who was the goalkeeper we had like the next season, the Spanish one or whatever it was? Or was he Portuguese?
1: Oh mur not or Moreiros. Yeah. Like yeah. Who,
0: who was worse
1: in your eyes? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Toss of the coin that one, isn't it? <laughs> we they they, they join a long list of crap goalkeepers we've had over the years.
0: Well, to be fair with Galini, as soon as I saw when he moved to Spurs originally, I thought, oh, is he actually good now? And uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. they 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 took a punt and in the punt missed the field goal. <laughs> there's a there's an NFL reference, I guess. It is Sunday we're <laughs> recording, so fair enough for that. Um Simon, Ollie Watkins. I mean yeah. I, I can see the concern. Um I asked people for uh, their first half performances when I was doing the Twitter coverage on the 7500 to Holt web or Twitter page, I should say. Um, A lot of people saying he's shit. (laughs) We don't have a strike here. (laughs) Um, Massively reactionary, correct? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: on, funny enough, on the on the train into the game, there was a couple of lads uh, sat behind me, and I I really had to, so I really struggled to bite my tongue and, and not turn around and tell them to where to go because they they were absolutely slagging Watkins off, and for me, look, I I don't think he started the season well. I'm going to be honest. I, I know he the hat trick against Hibs aside, I don't think he's played well. In many of the games I've seen, um, and he's he's just going through a bad patch of form at the moment. I I, I think one of one of the issues is that well, certainly up, up until maybe yesterday, obviously you know people are starting to get a bit more excited about Duran now. But before then, you kind of you look around most positions on the pitch there's genuine competition for places like you've got to play well or you're out that team There isn't really that upfront like Watkins knows pretty much he's going to start every week and I think I think that can lead to slight issues I mean look we're big fans of Watkins on this podcast and he he does have like he does offer a lot of qualities but he's missed a lot of good chances this season. Like there's, there's no point trying to hide away from that fact. Like you kind of, you looked at that one in the first half yesterday, but he's he's gifted the ball and he's through one on one. I mean that that's so poor not to sit that away. And then a few minutes later, um, I think it was Matt Cash drilled in a cross, and he just kind of like sort of half stuck a leg out at it, and yeah, like I. I kind of I turned to my brother at that stage, and I said, "Like, I said, I, look, I love Watkins. I said, if I'm being brutally honest, that's why Callum Wilson gets called up for England and Ollie Watkins doesn't. Like, <laughs> like, I, I, and I again, I, I'm saying this as a, as a fan of him, and like, I think he's he's a really good player, and I, I think we would struggle to replace him with someone as good. But he is not clinical, like." <sighs> Once he gets one goal, goal, and he goes on a the streak, then he becomes bloody the most clinical strike in the world. But when he's in a drought like this, they're not even half chances; they're big chances that he misses, and and it that that is going that could be a, bit a problem. I'm not saying it definitely will be, but that that could lead to issues as the season goes on. But I don't really know what else you can, you know. it is what it is. It's not an awful lot you can do unless. Duran now has obviously started the season well. Whenever he's come on, he looks impressive and he's got goals. So maybe there is competition now, but he he desperately needs a goal, Watkins.
0: Yeah, like even with the effort he had yesterday when Palace absolutely fell apart at the, at the back. I mean, Johnston did make a good save. We have to give him that, but... Even when you watch it back, he had so much space. He could have taken yeah. two, three, four more touches and got a lot closer. I know that then closes down the angle a little bit. I know that's the argument, but then it probably would have opened up an angle to the to his left as well, facing Johnson. It, it so, was such
1: a time shot as well, wasn't it? Really, yeah. Just no, it, it, it was a shot of a man who looks like he's like feeling some real weight on his shoulders. Like was, that, that wasn't that wasn't a confidence try. You can
0: tell he's not feeling it when. What you can always tell in in general, and strikers aren't feeling it because, in that circumstance for me, you just blast that. You, yeah. He's, but he's trying to place it, and that's yeah. the issue. He he's trying to the, the difference of when to actually
1: do and prioritize. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. how you it's like, that. yeah, it's like so so focused on trying to make sure I'll get this shot on target rather yes. than like you say just. Fucking leather it into the back of the net. You've yeah. been gifted. You've been. I'd gifted rather he missed it. it,
0: to be honest. I'd rather he just <laughs> smashed it,
1: and then it went like
0: an inch over the post or something. At least, yeah, yeah. At least that shows have a some
1: conviction. Bit more. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, that's kind of always been the thing with Watkins too. When has he ever been extremely consistent throughout an entire season? He's, I mean, every striker does, or you, yeah, or your Erling Holland as well. So if yeah. this is Watkins, hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, getting it out of the way early then we're laughing because to be honest I thought at the start of the season if Duran scores maybe I'd say five to seven goals in all competitions this season we'd be laughing what he has what two in the Premier League and does he have two in the Conference League already Uh one in the Conference one, League one. I couldn't remember yeah. the first leg so I mean he's already yeah. at three in all competitions <laughs> he's probably going to hit at least ten I would say um, yeah if he literally I know we talked about this as n- earlier really has nothing to do with um the context of the game but if we do have another buntake I think we'll be very happy
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you know Watkins he, he, he win- wins the penalty though doesn't he he does
0: let's talk about it
1: I mean yeah it was it was next on the
0: docket anyways <laughs> it, I mean if you are a Palace fan in some I mean if, if this happened to Villa you'd have to admit Simon part of you would probably feel a little bit hard done by slightly I do think I, it's a penalty I, I but
1: I, I honestly genuinely like, I, I I tweeted uh, like a clip of it like last night saying like genuinely amazed by Palace fans reaction and it's had he's uh, it's, it's had, it's had a, a few few reactions to, to that tweet I can tell you that <laughs> but like je, I like honestly he doesn't touch the ball until after he tripped Watkins I like, it's I, 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 honestly, I, I I'm really really struggling to see where there's any sort of debate about this. On match of the day last night, uh, I mean, the, the, their analysis was pathetic, to be honest, on that game. But they they all said that it was harsh. But like, I I, I don't. I, maybe I've just got claret and blue tinted specs, and I'm I'm missing something that everyone else is seeing. But. As far as I'm aware, you can't slide in on someone from behind, take them out, and then kick the ball away, and that be a fair tackle. Like I, I, yeah. I really don't get it. I don't understand why the referee was told to go and have another look at it. And, I mean, I thought the referee was, was shit yesterday. And oh, his, he took can,
0: so long for that yeah. decision, too. It was
1: easily, what, five minutes? Yeah. Easily? but well, But oh, so I'm amazed that, that he actually stuck to his guns on that yeah. one. But, I mean... Yeah, like I if I if that if that was against us, I'd be furious at the defender for lunging in like that in the last minute of the game in in the penalty area. Like it, it was it was a sheepy challenge, a wreck, silly challenge to make. And he he doesn't he doesn't get the ball. I mean, I've seen some people trying to claim I, I can't see it myself, but some people are saying that he stood scraped the top of the ball just before he took, he takes Watkins out and then clears the ball away. But to me, that's, that's not winning the ball. Watkins is still in control. Watkins is still going to get his shot away until he's taken out. So I, I, I honestly, like, I, and I, it's, it's easy to say this been a bit Like people say, Oh, of course you're going to say that because he's gone for you. I, I, am really, really struggling to understand what, what any sort of controversy is meant to be about this is for me. It's as clear as say that that's the penalty.
0: I do like. I do agree. I think it's a penalty, but I think there's different factors. Like, normally a striker probably would have noticed pressure coming on and probably pulled the ball away a little bit further because then he's going to feel the contact and go down. The other I feel like with Watkins is sometimes he does go down like quite not. I don't want to say quite often because strikers do do that, but I feel like he has a little bit of that in him where he goes down slightly easily. A little bit like it wasn't, I think it's because it wasn't such a massively obvious collision. Like it wasn't an absolute bruiser and he just wiped him out because it was two players slightly coming together and he got the ball so quickly. I think that's what neutral and palace fans are really clinging on to, which I understand. I mean, I've seen things like that been given against us and I'm frustrated with it, but all in all, it is a penalty. There's never been a time in the existence of football where you can just go through someone's back in <sighs> the penalty area, and it's not. So, fair enough. The one thing that I will add on to that, too, though, I mean, first of all, I think it was at R- the Palace defender, was it Richards? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he did not have a good game. Let's be honest. <laughs> he almost scored on his own goal, too, um, earlier on when there was one whipped, and he had no clue where that was going as well. But I mean, do you think it was a good thing that Dougie stepped up instead of Watkins? Because I thought, okay, you can break Watkins's poor form in the Premier League now, but do you really want to risk it on a game? I kind of like that we didn't. <laughs> there is ruthlessness to that, where I feel like last year it would have been the op- the the opposite.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like it's it's been mean, Dougie's the penalty taking now, isn't he? That's his turn one this season. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's there was. No one else in that stadium you'd want, uh, with the ball on that spot than, than Douglas Sweet. He, I mean, I, I, I tweeted last night as well. And with each passing game, like, generally, he's moving up and up the list of, like, my favourite players I've seen play for Villa. You know, like, I, I'm, I think it's, like, it's ridiculous how underrated he is outside of in the Park. Like, I genuinely think he's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. It, he's so good. He controls games now. He he's and he's just got such a cool head. Like there, there was absolutely zero doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to score that penalty. And yeah, you're right. If I've if I've seen them try to be kind and give my kids a chance to get his first league of the season, I think other of heart. Attack. Oh, he would have hit the post or something. It was just,
0: <laughs> like it was. It it, it gives me like realish vibes when he'd step up for a penalty and we're like, surely this will go in now. It's, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> unfortunately, it's just one of those. And I, I, I do like that. And like you said a while ago um, during this recording session in this chat, I mean, Dougie's irreplaceable. And it's it's crazy now when you look back at it a year later how he is the number one midfielder over Kamara because it was so different when Kamara came in. And it, it just shows that it, it's nice that we've backed a player enough. Given him the financial package to stay clearly and showing that belief because it, it's really going to pay off. And I mean, I hope Dougie's here forever, but if he's not, that payday is going to be fantastic from a, a Villa point of view as well. So it's great to see Villa actually have a financial brain when it comes to transfers. Yeah. It's, it's so uncomfortable. Well, that's so it's weird.
1: Talking like just on uh, the, the talking, you no know, financial brain and transfers. A couple of weeks ago, um, at the, a couple of mates of mine, like we went to the cricket, and though were not stopping at mine, we we're talking about the football. But this lad's a Chelsea fan, and like got talking about Dougie Louise. And this, this, this goes to show just how underrated he is outside. Like we talk, he was asking me, uh oh, like if you were to, if he was to be sold, I was checking you get what 40, 50 million? I said, "Mate," he said Chelsea. Dropped 105 million on Endo Fernandez, 115 on Caicedo, and 60 million on Lavia. If Chelsea were coming in for Dougie, I'd want 150 bare minimum before we start talking. Like he's, I, honestly, I think he's he's such a such a fantastic footballer, and as I say, so underrated by fans outside of Villa Park.
0: 100. I, I still I still think to this day now, City are probably kicking themselves that they didn't take that buyback clause. Because oh, God,
1: yeah. Christ, he would slide right back in there with no issue. It, yeah, well you think they they could have spent what have been thirty million they'd have got him back for and they, they had to spend what is it, $45, 50 million on Calvin Phillips? <laughs> yeah they we're, don't say we're not taking calvin <laughs> phillips in exchange if that ever happens that's what yeah. i can say
0: let's stick that into existence too jesus <laughs> um but anyways let's get over to the three word reviews on twitter there were um, a few of them i know they're not as popular the popular these days as they used to be but i feel like x or twitter or whatever the hell will be called tomorrow um <laughs> isn't as it used to be with with obvious evidence as to the interaction with a lot of uh, bigger accounts these days. But regardless, we still had nearly 30 of you. So thank you for getting involved. So of course you can tweet us in the future at 7500 to hold. Usually it goes out a few minutes after the final whistle. Uh, it's always a good laugh. Some people go over the top. Some people are, are pinpointing Accurate things. Some people give me the title for these podcasts. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cause it saves me a lot of overthinking and guesswork when I'm recording in the evening. But regardless of that, uh, let's start with, uh, USA villain. He has two or she. I don't know. I shouldn't, I shouldn't gender, um, specify how rude of me, um, saying I have two character building win. And the second one is worried about walkins. Um, Aston Villa, Group Therapy, um, that would be maybe a very good group for some people, uh, Bad Then Good, Nigel WV, Superbly Successful Substitutions, Simon, say that five times fast please, uh, <laughs> uh, Abu Dhabi Villa, Crash Bang Wallop, uh, Sarah Osborne, Never Leave Early. Dave DeGurnier, mm-hmm. Torres distribution, superb. Brad Wolf, last minutes, destruction. Uh, Paul Waterfield, three-minute warning. Uh, let's go to uh David Bladden goals on film. Um Burton Villain, mm-hmm. Duran here, bang, uh Simon Palmer, home comforts continue. Um, let's see here, plus-sized Volleyball Dad, question mark, interesting name, um, poor Sam Johnston, what a name, wow, um, Aussie Villains, Monty Mash, okay, these are some fantastic names, Are We Dreaming, question mark in all caps, uh, Simon H, a great comeback, and let's do uh, two more, um, we'll do uh, Seamus. AVFC, Hendo, Duran, the man, um And Andy O'Neill saying, uh "Van fucking tastic." So I think that's hmm. the perfect way to leave it. But Simon, I'll throw you under the bus first. While I scour my mind for something creative, what's your three-word review?
1: Well, just fucking mind. Just listen to those—the the, ones that said, poor Sam Johnson. Yeah, just brief. Briefly, want to quickly touch on that. I mean, they they the Palace—they right, all their complaints about the penalty. Wouldn't have even been playing that long to get the penalty, and i have spent five minutes pretending to be injured with oh, with no, hit. yeah, <laughs> with with no hints of any movement of a sub goalkeeper coming on from that Palace bench. Everyone knows what what they were doing, and the referee allowed it to happen. But he played the extra time, so yeah, I've I've, I've got no no sympathy for their fans whatsoever. But um, so my three words: bring on Warsaw. Fair enough. Of course, Simon
0: is going, so, um, yeah, we hopefully should have him back in a couple of weeks when he's sobered up at that point. <laughs> I do imagine um, three words for me, and I think this will be well, I mean, I put this on the seventy five hundred account <laughs> yesterday, um Villa have one tent games at home in a row now, so fortress Villa park, I think that is a good way to put that one, but Simon, if I was to get your uh, man of the match, or who would you give your match ball to in particular?
1: Uh, Moussa Diaby. I thought he was the best player on the pitch by mile. He's he, you look at him, and I kind of a, I can't really work out why someone like Liverpool or Arsenal didn't take a punt on him a, a year or two ago when they were linked. He's I think he's just such a phenomenal footballer. That that goal they had disallowed, it's oh. it's almost. It's a crime that that should be given us offside because that the pass, the touch, the finish, like you you see the goal of the season contender ruled out because he's got bigger boots than than the last palace defender. But uh, yeah, that boosted derby. I thought he was He's hit the ground running and he was excellent again yesterday.
0: Literally, when he scored that, I just said it loud. Wow, we're actually really good. <laughs> like, it's, like I just can't believe it. Like, it's it, it was like I don't know. Like, I felt tingles all over my back and my spine and my my body because I was so happy. Um. Anyways, that was very appropriate. Regardless of that, um, I'm gonna give it to Diaby as well. I mean, I, I think the one thing in this game in particular that Maybe was a negative was how far and how deep he had to drop to bring the ball back up into um Palace's zone, which I really at times felt like it affected Watkins and kind of bringing some players into play because we had to really start from so deep and allowed Palace to continually set up at times. But that's Diaby's job. I mean, the fact that he literally—I I know we can say Pa Torres runs. Things because he does with the passing and, and the stats <laughs> prove that, but Diaby like really runs things. Yeah. The momentum, I, <clears throat> always looking for space, and I will always say this until we lose both Leon Bailey and him, um, with with whatever circumstance, he is what we hope Leon Bailey would have
1: been. Um, well, j- j- very very quickly touch on Leon Bailey. He's had a good start to the season. Like let's be yeah. honest, he, goals and assists. he's, he's had a, a decent start to the season. Maybe he doesn't turn up away from home, but 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 I've been a park, and the he turned up at Hibs. So like I, I think, I think Bailey's had a, I think Bailey's done well this season when he's played. He is frustrating at times, and yeah. he's always, I think, because of how um, how could I put this delicately, how inconsistent he can can be. I think he's always going to be uh, a very easy scapegoat to pick on if, if if it haven't played well it's always easy to jump on Bailey but I think you know let's give credit where it's due I think he's I think he's had a really good start to the season
0: absolutely I mean I was very annoyed when Diaby's goal was ruled off, ruled off for offside because I have him on my FPL team I have
1: yeah, I know, yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's a great differential so I thought oh my god like this I'm so glad I didn't get rid of him and make the move to James Madison because that's what I was going to do because uh, everyone's doing that right now And then I thought, okay, as soon as he set that third one up and then Bailey took about 60 years to take three touches (laughs) and and hit I thought, oh, I literally like just hit it! (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice to get the assist points at least. But yeah, Uh, this is going to be a weird season for Leon Bailey. I think we're still going to absolutely dog him sometimes. And he's going to end the season with like, 15 goals and like 10 assists in all competitions or something like watch him be the leading goal scorer in the group stages or something do you know
1: like because he's like all the talks like his best season at Leverkusen was the year him and Diaby played together and yeah. like I I genuinely think like I, part of the reason why he started so well is because he's playing with Diaby again I think they clearly have a good relationship with each other they clearly get on with each other as well and like Maybe that's helping to to finally make Leon Bailey the player we thought Leon Bailey was going to be. And now we've got another player who we thought Leon Bailey was going to be. (laughs) Oh, don't get us too excited. <laughs> Come on now. Come let's on. see. Let's see. Let's let's see
0: how it goes. They're they're gonna end the season with 20 goals apiece. There we go. We're gonna... Yeah, they're, they're the new new Salomon Mane. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: who who they? who are they? But anyway, Simon, just briefly, because we're not gonna have a uh Wolfsar, Warsar Wolfsar, I can't pronounce it. You pronounce it for me, please. Oh my god. W- Warsaw. There we go. Holy <laughs> Jesus. You can tell it's morning time for me still. Thank you for that. Might as well leave that blunder in so people can jump on the abuse train for a Canadian trying to pronounce things. But regardless of that, we're not going to have a preview probably out before that. Uh, Didn't even bother trying to find a a Polish journalist or anything that can speak fluent English, to be honest. Um, Yeah, they're probably more hassle trying to sort that out and make a piece of quality content than it's actually worth. Um, So heading into that one, going over there, I know you're already buzzing for it, but I mean, going in with a lot of confidence. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. My my knowledge on on Polish football is not maybe what it could be. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've I've literally I've got no idea if they're any good or not. Like, but, but I you know Villa. should be going there and winning. Let like let's just be brutally honest about it. We should go there and win. But um, I'm I'm just. I'm, I'm really excited. Obviously, Villa's first like proper European game in 13 years. Um, their fans seem like an excitable bunch. Like so it should, it should make for a cracking atmosphere in the side I'll um, I'll try and get some some videos and like some like voice notes or whatever, and I'll, I'll send them over to the group, and you can maybe do something with them.
0: Oh well, thank you for being charitable. I do appreciate it. Good, good quality content is hard to find I' um, just looking <laughs> up the uh Polish uh first division or whatever the hell it's called I think it's called this is going to be butchered so I apologize if <laughs> anyone's gotten this late in the podcast uh Google is calling it the extra um yeah so that's what if, I'm if you call say it. so <laughs> yep, that's uh, so uh they are sitting in third of course uh, they have two games on hand on some teams um let's see here so yeah they're on 14 points um let's let's see here slask Roklaw is on 16 points in first um so you'd imagine uh legia is probably going to be winning that league or at least leading it for a while get considering their goal difference is the highest in that league at nine plus nine as well um yeah just looking at these names wild names the only one that i really can pull any familiarity out of is like Poznan. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I mean that, that's really kind of my knowledge on it as well, but all in all, if you're looking for any particular insight into who is good for them, you probably don't want to come to, to this space, but uh, (laughs) they have a a guy named B Kramer, uh, Emuchi up front, uh, Josu is how I'm pronouncing it. Um, Ribeiro is their left back. There you go. I think that's all you need to really know on this. Let's be honest, no Villa fan is going to know anything about this side. It's just going to be a good away day. We hopefully will see a very positive result, which I honestly think we will, um, as I'm choking. Um, kind of sitting back and looking at their squad and how they've kind of been playing over the last couple of years. I, I think a lot of these teams we're going to come up against until we... You would assume we get to the knockout stage of Simon. We're going to have a good chance of probably breezing. I wouldn't say breezing. Maybe that's the rude word,
1: but mm. we're going to probably be winners more than
0: losers in most of these games. You'd imagine.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. I, I think I think Altmar could be a, a test. You know, obviously they got to the semi-finals of this competition last season. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think I think that that'll be tricky. It, it's it's just more. It's one of those. Especially going away, like especially Warsaw, and when we play in Bosnia, i I'm like, I imagine it'll be quite a tasty atmosphere in the stadium. So I, I, it's just a case of as long as the players deal with that, which I'm sure you know they'll be able to, and and you know match match your opponents. It's, it's, it's like when you you play like you, you know you, you know like when you in like an FA Cup or a League Cup, you've got an away tie against a lower team. And you think just match their energy and effort and then your quality should shine through. And I suspect that's what would be the case going into these European games.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't have to come up against Rapid Vienna at any time during this competition, so we should be okay. (laughs) But, like, it's really, like, I mean, as Villa fans, this is what we've been waiting for for a long time. For the likes of me and Seb, this is really the first that we can experience as... Deeper Villa fans, hoo-ha, hardcore, you know, um, part of those groups, um, apparently, to some. If you're not hardcore enough, you're not good enough, but regardless of that. (laughs) But, I mean, for the traveling supporters like yourself, it's all for the away day experiences, the atmosphere. Like, these are memories for a lifetime. Who knows, maybe Villa and in Europe for the next... Two, three, four, five forever years. I mean, we can only hope, or maybe it's another five or 10. We don't know. It's it's just one of those things where we really have to kind of appreciate what we have because as Villa fans, we're not that good at doing that,
1: are we? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I say, it's like, it's it's something uh, for, for years and years. Like when the last time we were in Europe, I was kind of a, a bit too young in terms of like just financially, I wasn't able to really go and do it. And then, you know, having to wait 13 years, you're like, oh, come on. But I just, all I wanted to see go to a game in Europe, see Villa play. And so to be able to, the family managed to get tickets, uh, when they, when they went on sale to season ticket holders on Thursday and there was still a few hundred left. My brother managed to, to, to get online and get them quickly is, I'm just so, so excited for it. And like you said, like mem, just like, Memories that, that will last with you for, for a long, long time. So I, I cannot wait. Absolutely. Well, Simon will also be in the Netherlands uh for the
0: alkmaar game. Of course, no tickets available as of yet, I don't think. No, no. You know what? If you're listening to this in the future or you're thinking I wanna set Simon up with some tickets, please do. So then we can have more content. If not, you will find <laughs> him in Amsterdam and he may or may not uh be returning home for an extended period of time. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. And yeah, just before we were just gonna finish this podcast, I realized that we didn't actually get to uh people's questions that they sent in on Twitter. So if you're still sticking around at this part of the podcast, which to be honest for some of you I'd be shocked because <laughs> we've kind of gone off the rails for the last five, 10, 20 minutes. Uh, regardless of that, a few of you did get involved. Of course, like I said, you can tweet us at 7,500 a whole. I'll try to do this more where people can pose questions and we will discuss them. I think we've discussed a couple of these a little bit, but, uh, Simon, we'll start with this. We'll get your opinion. Uh, Nick Price Thompson writes in and, and he's asking, is the squad now too lightweight with a sea of games heading our way?
1: Um, Overall, I don't think it is. I, I think up front we are like as as we've discussed. You know, we in terms of strikers, you've only really got two, like Duran and Watkins. So that that is that is quite light. We only we only really tend to play with one up front and one off them. But I think and the rest of it, I, I think we're reasonably well set. To be fair, I mean, obviously. The Ming's injury and the Buendia ones, you know, so we, you know, we're out them for the rest of the season. But Ramsey will be back pretty soon. Moreno's back in training. Um, I suppose Diego Carlos, there's been no real words at all about what's happened with him, what's wrong with him, how long he's out for. Um, but, you know, midfield options, we've, we've, got, we've got quite a few midfield options. Um, you know, obviously, Dendonka's back, uh, back fit now. Has, you know, come on briefly in the, the last few games. So, I, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that in general, I think we're reasonably well set. But maybe just a little light up front. And then you know, Zaniolo can play off the striker. Diaby can play through the middle off the striker. You can play Bailey through the middle if you want. You try your race I think we're probably okay. You you always want, every football fan always wants, you know, that extra, or just one or two more players and, and we'd be set. And like, every single fan says that at the end of every transfer window. So, nah, I, I, think, I think we'll be okay. We I, we don't need any more injuries, though, so, like, I think we've had enough of there, but I think we're all right. Yeah, I do too. I think like,
0: I mean, and as Zilla fans are probably used to this now, I mean, the only concern is probably if Ollie Watkins goes down, what happens? But, I mean, Duran's producing, like you said, Dobby can play up there. I mean, you do have Captain Chaos that can maybe get into the mix a little bit. And Leon Bailey, too. Like, there's ways to compensate for it as well. We're scoring more as a committee. And we have been for the last couple seasons now consistently. So, I think that's what we're going to have to expect going forward. And it's not really a bad thing. Um, I'm more concerned for teams that have one player scoring all their goals than a team that has four or five, six players scoring. So... At the yeah. end of the day, um, it's honestly a good sign more than anything because I mean we've seen Villa sides lean on one player in the past um, in a number of cases. Um, I can think of Menteke with the the massive draw against QPR when he basically scored all those goals. <laughs> ba- well, actually, basically kept us up for what three seasons essentially. Right yeah. <laughs> um, we can, of course, think of Girlish and I mean, there's players before that too, probably as well. So. Anyways, um, that's that. Let's go to Quinn here. We've kind of discussed this a little bit, Simon, but he's asking, or basically stating first, uh, some teams will come and do what Palace did to us, sit in, and it's up to us to break them down and not get caught on the counter. Uh, Will we see this a lot more, especially against lower half league teams coming to Villa Park?
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean... We, me, my brother, and some of the people that we sit around, we were saying this as the second half is going on. Like this, this is what we're going to see. Like I think, I think people now are sort of really recognising and appreciating that that we're actually a very good football team now. Which it's been so long since we've been able to say that. And yeah, I I think we've got so many good players that can hurt opposition teams. Uh, we are going to see definitely. I'd, I'd say the majority, more often than not, of our home games will have teams doing what Crystal Palace does because there was only there's only six teams who finished above us last season, um, and you know so you'd expect all of them. Maybe you know someone like Chelsea or Tottenham, when they come to Villa, will come another go. But I think everyone else, you, you you look at you look at the Everton game you know, Everton are a poor team and they came out and they tried to press us and look look what we did to them. And, you know, uh, I think Crystal Palace and other teams will have looked at that and thought, oh, Christ, if we go at these and open ourselves up, we could get hammering here. So, yeah, but yeah, it's up to us to break them down. And that's where, what we were talking about earlier about being patient and sticking to the game plan. Like, you know, like you said, and you're quite right. It, it, it can, you can see why people get frustrated when they're watching DK. Why are we doing the same thing? It's not working, but it's having that belief that it will work if you keep doing it. And you look at the first half yesterday, you know, as, as we've said before, we should have probably been three nil up at least at half time. And that was from doing that. That's from playing the way we play. Like it, it does work. We just, we create the chance to just intake them. So yeah, it's something that we're just going to have to get used to, but I think we're more than capable of, of, Of breaking teams down.
0: Yeah. To be honest, I feel like at this rate, Chelsea will sit back against us (laughs) because they can't do anything right. Um, they're just (laughs) doing Bournemouth So, uh, no offense to Bournemouth, but, um, I think Chelsea are aiming a lot higher. Well, at least their, um, crazy owner is its mental that they have one win to their (laughs) name. But anyways, um, that's them in the mud. Um, one more here and then we'll, we'll jet off because this has been more than long enough. So if you are listening, like I said before, um, this long into it, we do appreciate it. And, uh, if you do, uh, tweet us and let us know that you are this far. Cause I mean, it, it's good for the soul. Uh, regardless of that, let's go to, uh, Abu Dhabi Villa, uh, asking, have we seen the last of cash as a high wide right in home games? Quite apparent against a poor palace that he hasn't got the attacking prowess when we're dominant. And we really missed Bailey in that wide right space. Um, in brackets, he puts never thought I'd say that.
1: I I understand where he's coming from with that in that it, maybe he didn't have his greatest of games, but you know he he got into position to score twice. I mean, obviously, you know he his poor finishes with, with his left foot and the header, uh, and he did put in a, a great cross that Watkins probably should have gotten the end of. So there were there were some good things that he did in that game, and you know let's not forget a couple of weeks ago. Playing uh, sort of high right back position, he scored twice at Burnley. So I don't, I wouldn't say it's maybe necessarily the last that we'll have seen of it. He just, he didn't quite go to plan yesterday. Maybe it will next time. So oh, exactly,
0: he's getting on the end of chances. It's just finishing them. I think he has yeah. it in them. I mean, he was a winner oh, yeah. at one point in his career. I just think because of how deep he's playing at times. And of yeah. course, right-backs aren't taking shooting drills like a striker is. I, I think he will score more. Um, I mean, at the same time as saying that, Leon Bailey, as much as he's scored a few goals this season, um, has been
1: probably more inconsistent historically since yeah. joining what, Villa. So. I mean, what what would say about that question, we, to be fair, there is a valid point to it. And we were saying it yesterday, is that especially in the first half, there was there was a number of times where Cash was like that sort of outboy you know, Torres spraying out to him. And you kind of you almost wanted a right back when the ball comes to him, his first touch is forward and driving into that space. It, it did seem like he was always trying to cut back or looking for someone to, to play the ball back to where, where there were there were a, for example, say if it was the other way around and it was you know, uh, Diego Carlos spraying it out to Moreno on the left. You know, that first touch is 10 yards in front of him and he's running onto it and driving into the box. And Cash didn't do that when there was opportunities yesterday. So I do understand. I I do understand. I think there is some validity to to the point that was made, but maybe slightly reactionary to say, oh, is that the last we're going to see of it? Yeah, But I get where he's coming from.
0: Yeah, I don't think it is just because of the way the schedule is running and how thick and fast it's going to come. Yeah, you're going to see players in positions that we're probably going to question a little bit. But I mean, we saw that with Cash and he scored two goals. So at the end of the day, uh, there is proof in that pudding. um, Whether whatever kind of pudding it is,
1: all 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 we need to just remember is just let's just have full trust and faith in Unai Emery. He knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he makes a good pudding. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that <laughs> so, that's how you end
0: the podcast. <laughs> that is how you end the podcast. The second attempt at this, you guys won't be hearing the first one, but regardless <laughs> of that, we will leave things there. Thank you all for listening. It's greatly appreciated. Like I said at the very start, um, if you're listening and you're not subscribed on whatever, um, podcasting platform you're listening to, be sure to subscribe, leave a review. It's always nice. A, a nice review, too. Um, that's appreciated as well. And of course, you can find Mr. Simon O'Regan on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it at Cy O'Regan. You can tweet me or X me at uh, Talk Aston Villa. What a stupid platform name. But, anyways, um, <laughs> of course, at 7500Holt is the Twitter handle as well. If you want to send any thoughts, questions, concerns, whatever into the podcast, you email us, HoltCast at gmail.com just make them very nice and polite please of course if you want to write anything for the website contribute throw a piece on there to get your thoughts express your opinions uh, pose questions and interact with other villa fans of course you can email that to 7500 to holt main at gmail.com i don't think i left anything out if i did i do apologize oh yeah www.7500 to is the website as well that'd be helpful uh you can tell i'm doing this earlier on a sunday than later so my mind still is a little frazzled but we'll leave it there and don't forget up the villa